0: Thank you, choir and orchestra. William Bennett wrote an article titled, titled Let's Bring Back Heroes. And in the article, he deals with our tendency to debunk heroes and excellence, and in fact, to elevate the anti-hero. For instance, why would... Kaepernick's jersey be the number one jersey selling in the NFL. It's because he does not stand for the national anthem. I know that he is defended as having a right because of the Constitution, and I agree with that. I agree that he has that right. Anyone has that right. But then I wonder, in order to be fair about it, Do you also have the right at a high school football game to say a prayer as protected speech? The article deals with our tendency today to make down on the heroes while exalting the anti-hero. When I was a boy growing up, I had heroes. Roy Rogers, Gene Autry... I know they would be a little hokey to the sophisticated crowd that I addressed this morning. But the truth is, they were the good guys. They did that that was right. And we wanted to emulate them, to be like them. And so we tried to do so. I had athletes that were also my heroes. My baseball team was the New York Yankees, like a lot of you probably. I remember those players, the team. And when I came to South Carolina and actually had the opportunity to meet Bobby Richardson, I was thrilled beyond belief. I had watched Bobby play along with the rest of them. I knew what a wonderful Christian he was, and then to actually have the opportunity to meet him. Well, Today we recognize some modern day heroes, the first responders that you've already been introduced to this morning. So take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 11 beginning in verse number 10 and we will take our remarks here. Now these are the heads of the mighty men whom David had, who gave him strong support in his kingdom together with all Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. And these constitute the list of the mighty men whom David had. Jashobeam, the son of Ahakamite, the chief of the thirty, he lifted up his spear against three hundred whom he killed at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, who was one of the three mighty men. He was with David at Pasdamon, When the Philistines were gathered together there to battle and there was a plot of ground full of barley and the people fled before the Philistines and they took their stand in the midst of the plot and defended it and struck down the Philistines and the Lord saved them by great victory. Now three of the 30 chief men went down to the rock to David into the cave of Adullam while the army of the Philistines was camping in the valley of Rephaim. And David was then in the stronghold while the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David had a craving and said, Oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water from the well of Bethlehem, which was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, David would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me before my God that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? For at the risk of their lives they brought it. Therefore he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. Today we're talking about heroes, but what is it that makes a hero? Well, first of all, I would say that they are set apart. A hero is set apart. They are not like the rest of us. For instance, Superman is a man of steel and he can fly, so he's not like the rest of us. Batman has certain unique abilities that we do not have. So what is it then that sets someone apart? What is it that causes someone to be a hero, to be different? They are set apart, first of all, by their commitment that is deeper than the commitment of others. As I look at these mighty men of David, I see that they had a commitment. And it is a commitment that is not compromised. No matter what anyone else does, they would not compromise the commitment they had and what was their goal to which they were committed. In verse number 10 it says to make him king. You see, their belief was, their goal was that David was supposed to be the king of all Israel. And that was their commitment. They were absolutely committed to David being the king of all Israel. They were committed. As Christians, we have been given a goal as well to which we are to be committed. Jesus gave it to us in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. That is our goal given to us by the Savior. It's called the Great Commission. We are to go into all the world and make disciples that people are saved. You know, that's something we could do if we did it together. I read an article the other day, and I think I'm correct on this, that there are on average about 90 million Americans who attend church weekly. If that's so, and each one decided they were going to reach one other person during a year for Christ, then in about three years we would have won America to faith in Jesus. I'm just talking mathematically. But you see, that is the goal. That is the goal that Jesus gave us to which we are to be committed. And folks, the thing is we could actually do that if we did it together if we all were committed to doing it. Someone wrote, snow is a beautiful demonstration of what God can do with a bunch of flakes. (laughs) Individually, we can't accomplish a whole lot. A single snowflake is among the most delicate, frail things we can see. But if enough of them stick together, they can paralyze a city. all those who name the name of Jesus, even if all those who attend church were to commit themselves to reaching this world, to fulfilling the great commission, then we could actually do it together. So when I look at heroes, I see that first of all, they are committed to their goal. They are committed to a standard. There there is a level of commitment that is deeper than it is for other people. And secondly, they are marked by unity. In verse number 10, it says that he gave him strong support together with all Israel. When we are united, we are strong. When we are divided, we are weak. A good example of that would be the church in Corinth. It's an interesting church to me because in the church of Corinth, all the spiritual gifts were active. All the spiritual gifts. And yet they were weak. Why were they weak? Because they were divided. It was a church that enjoyed all the spiritual gifts and yet they were weak because they were a divided church. There were some who said, well, we are of Paul, we are of Apollos, we are of Peter, we don't follow anybody. And because the church was divided, it was a weak church even though it had all the spiritual gifts active. Folks, America is weak today because we are divided today. Unlike any time in my life, America is divided today. We're divided racially. We're divided politically. We're divided economically. We're divided sexually. You bring it up, we're divided. You know the thing that irks me about that? So many politicians are promoting this division because of their own personal agenda without regard for what it's doing to this country. America's weak today because we have become a divided country. When I look at the hero they are those who are committed. They are those who are united for a purpose, for a cause And they are willing to sacrifice for that purpose, for that goal, for that cause. Jim Elliott, a missionary killed in Ecuador, wrote, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Goals require sacrifices and sometimes it requires the sacrifice of family as it did with the mighty men of David. They left their families because they were committed to the goal of making David king of all Israel. Soldiers make that same sacrifice today. They leave behind their families to go to other places in order to protect our country. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his relationships to family in his pursuit of the promised land. The Bible says in Genesis 12:1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. In other words, if Abraham is going to pursue the promised land promised by God, then he had to leave behind his family. That was a part of it. You leave behind your country, you leave behind your family in order to pursue the promised land. That's what missionaries do. Missionaries leave their families to go to other countries to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So sometimes the sacrifice is to be separated from one's family. And another characteristic of these heroes is that they endanger their own lives in pursuit of the goal. And that was the mighty men of David. They were willing to endanger their own lives because of their commitment to the goal of making David king. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is that of Esther. Esther, as you know, was the queen. And at the time, there was the threat against the Jews. The king had been challenged to do away with the Jews, to eradicate the Jews, and she was a Jew. Her uncle Mordecai went to her and said, Esther, you need to go to the king and plead on behalf of your people. Go to the king and plead on behalf of the Jews that was a dangerous assignment in fact the Bible says in Esther four eleven, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that for any man or woman who comes to the king to the inner court who is not summoned he has but one law that he be put to death unless the king holds out to him the golden scepter so that he may live. And I have not been summoned to come to the king for these 30 days. See, it's easy for us sometimes to say to someone, you need to do such and such. But Esther said, it is a dangerous assignment you give me. There is the possibility of death. But the hero is willing to endanger themselves to fulfill their responsibility. The first responders face danger every day as they serve our communities. Every time these policemen stop a car, there's the potential of danger. Every time they go into a house, there's the potential of danger. Every time they intervene in an altercation, there is the potential for danger every time. It has been said of the firemen: when everyone else runs out of the house, they run in. When I look at a hero, they are committed. Committed to a goal, committed to a standard. They are committed, and they are willing to sacrifice for it, and yet the unique thing about them is that they are ordinary Ordinary people. David's mighty men, they were ordinary. They were not royalty. They had not been schooled in the ways of war at the Citadel or West Point or anywhere else. They were ordinary people. The disciples were ordinary people who did extraordinary things. Fisherman, tax collector, doctor. They were just ordinary people and they were recognized as being ordinary people. In Acts chapter 4 verse number 13, now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. They were ordinary men, untrained uneducated fishermen. Some years ago, I presented a paper at Oxford University in England, and it was interesting to me, the irony was interesting to me, that when we went into the chapels there at Oxford, and I looked up and saw enshrined in the glass the depiction of those disciples, I smiled. Isn't it ironic that those ordinary people, fishermen, tax collector, that they are enshrined in the stained glass of Oxford University? I don't think they could make it today, but they did when the stained glass was put up. There they are, ordinary. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ordinary boys, Jewish boys. They were captured. Nebuchadnezzar erected an idol, told everyone to bow down. Everyone bowed down except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They refused to do so. The king was told he summoned them. They were brought to him. He said, we're going to do this again. I'm going to give you another opportunity. When the music plays, then you bow down and we'll forget the whole thing. They said, we refuse to do so because our minds are already made up. We only bow down to God. Ordinary, ordinary boys. And yet they were committed to God in an extraordinary way. First responders, ordinary. Ordinary. They're just ordinary people set apart for an extraordinary job. Because of the response of heroes to the danger, to their commitment, their level of commitment, and all of that, then they are honored for their actions. Jashobim was, in verse number 11, And these constitute the list of the mighty men whom David had. Jashobeam, the son of Ahakamite, the chief of the thirty. He lifted up his spear against three hundred whom he killed. At one time. He killed 300 at one time. That seems to be pretty impressive. How did you do that? You killed 300, one man killed 300 at one time. How? Well, the point that is being made is that that is impossible with man is possible with God. You see, God had to be involved with Joshebine. God had to be involved in that for this to happen. God was involved. Therefore, that that was impossible became possible. And we find that throughout Scripture. For instance, when Moses went to the Red Sea and parted the Red Sea, how did that happen? The Red Sea parts and the Israelites go across on dry land? How does that happen? It's a miracle of God. I, I know that there are people who struggle with that and some of the other miracles in the Bible, but that's all it is. It is a miracle of God. God was involved. Folks, do you know that God can do the impossible in your life? That's the reason Paul said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Jashubim killed 300 at one time because that that is impossible with man, is possible with God. Then there was Eleazar in verse number 12, and after him was Eleazar. Now look at verse number 13. He was with David at Pasdammon when the Philistines were gathered together there to battle, and there was a plot of ground full of barley, and the people fled before the Philistines. Now here's what I want you to see. They came together. There was a plot of barley. There was a plot of ground. When the Philistines came, the enemy came. The Bible says the people fled now, look at verse 14. And they took their stand. This is Eliezer. And they took their stand in the midst of the plot and defended it and struck down the Philistines. And the Lord saved them by a great victory. The people fled. The heroes stood. I watched, probably as many of you did, at the attack. And the shooting in Dallas uh, some weeks ago. Here's the thing that was of interest to me there was a protest against the police. It was relatively quiet as far as that is concerned. There was not a lot going on. There was the, you know, the word said and so forth, but it was relatively quiet as I understand. And then the shots were fired. Did you see that? And those who had come to protest the police fled. They turned and ran for their lives and the police moved toward the shooter. It's what heroes do. The crowd fled they moved toward the shooter. Eliezer stood the Bible says. In fact Samuel gives us More information in 2 Samuel 23 verse 10, he writes, he arose and struck the Philistines until his hand was weary and clung to the sword and the Lord brought about a great victory that day. Hero stand, hero stand. One of my favorite historic characters in church history was Martin Luther Luther had come to the place to believe that the only way a person could be saved was through the grace of God, that we saved by grace alone, we're saved by God's grace. He began to publish pamphlets and then after a while he was called to account because it was against church doctrine what he was publishing. So he was called to the Diet of Worms, where he stood before a, a tribunal of people who had authority over his life. And they called on him to recant what he had written. He refused to do so. He said, I cannot and will not recant anything. For to go against conscience is neither safe nor right. God help me. Here I stand. You see, folks, heroes are honored because they take a stand when others flee. When others will not stand... The hero is the one who will stand. And their actions demonstrate their faith. I believe that within the context, it is a belief that God does not change. I'm able to do the things that I do, the extraordinary things perhaps that I do, because I believe that God does not change. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, yes, and Forever, God is the same today as he was yesterday. Well, yesterday he parted the Red Sea. Yesterday he provided manna from heaven. Yesterday he he, he raised the dead from uh, from death. That's what he did yesterday. Well, if he did that yesterday, then he can do that today. And if we could count on him yesterday and today, then we can count on him tomorrow. He is the same. He does not change. It comes from the belief that God does not change and that his power is not diminished. Isaiah 59.1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save. When Israel looked to God, he met their needs. Sometimes I have to really struggle and I really have to fight about becoming depressed about our country. I'm very concerned about it and sometimes it's a struggle. But if I believe that God is the same, then that gives me hope. Because I read in the Bible where time and time again... When the people repented of their sin, they humbled themselves and they prayed that God sent revival. And I believe that if God sent revival in the past, there is the possibility that he would send revival again. Jonathan Edwards fasted and prayed for three days because he was so burdened about this country. And he prayed over and over again saying, God give me New England, God give me New England, God give me New England. And the great awakening was born because he prayed. I read about the Welsh revival. You know, the Welsh revival is like a lot of other revivals that have occurred, it began with young people. There was a youth rally. And those young people had come together and they were serious about God. They were serious about seeking God. And there was, they began to give testimonies, and there was one girl who stood up. She was overcome. And all she could say is, I do love Jesus. I do love Jesus. And did you know that out of that youth rally where those young people came together, that the great Welsh revival? was born just because they came together they wanted revival probably not knowing what it meant but they wanted revival and a revival swept across the land that totally changed the land well if God is the same then this is where I have to be if God is the same yesterday, today and forever then I have to be that our future then is hopeful your future is hopeful I know that there are some of you who have health issues. Well, if if God healed in the past, he can heal you. I'm not saying he will. I don't know. But I believe he can. There are some of you who have marital problems. And you're really struggling in your marriage relationship. But I really believe that if you're willing to go to God and build upon the word of God, that God can turn your marriage into a heaven on earth. I believe he can do that. There are some of you who have financial difficulties, and, but God's not broke. He said the, the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. And I believe when we order our lives according to his word, that then he can meet our need. Therefore, I believe that God can give revival. Sometimes we become despondent. We worry about what's happening in our land. But folks, if we are willing to seek God pray, humble ourselves before him, repent of our sin, that I believe that God can send revival. Well, the faith of the heroes inspires us. David was inspired. Look at verse number 18. So the three broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well, took it to David. Nevertheless, David wouldn't drink it, poured it out to the Lord and said, be it far from me before my God that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? at the risk of their lives they brought it therefore he would not drink it these things the three mighty men did he was inspired by their sacrifice I'm inspired by those people who do such things I'm I'm humbled and inspired by the Coptic Christians in my mind I still see them as they are kneeling there in those orange jumpsuits their heads were severed by the Islamic terrorists simply because they would not deny their faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm inspired and challenged by that kind of commitment. I'm inspired by the faith and the response of the first responders. Well, today, we honor those who have been set apart. We honor them for their actions to protect the citizens. Let me close with this. Guidepost Magazine wrote, great occasions do not make heroes or cowards. They simply unveil them to the eyes of man. Silently and imperceptibly, as we wake or sleep, we grow strong or we grow weak. And at last some crisis shows us what we have become. The brave person and the coward have the same fears. They have the same fears. The brave person is the one who overcomes the fear and responds to the situation. But they share the same fears. There were three mighty men Mention who led 30 and all i'm wondering today if you might be one of god's mighty men or mighty women serving him father i pray that you would give us mighty men mighty women mighty young people who are committed in a deep commitment to you who are willing to sacrifice, who are willing to stand tall when others do not. Even in this invitation time, I pray that they might. In Christ's name, amen. Just a moment, we're going to stand, sing a hymn of invitation, an opportunity for you to respond to God's call on your life. If you've never trusted Jesus, I encourage you to today. Staff will be here to pray with you. If you're looking for a church home, our doors are open to you. We'd love to have you. Stand with me, please, as we stand together. The choir sings, you come, I'll greet you as you do.